This is The Converse, an apostolic tabernacle podcast all about sharing the truth of God's Word. In this podcast, you will hear sermons, panel discussions, and much more. If you would like more information about this ministry or would like to plan your visit, go to atwilmington.com. For now, enjoy your time on The Converse. In Psalm 107, David was a was a man that the book of Acts called a man after God's own heart. He was a man that was very visibly subject to all the same wants, desires, lusts, everything that we are subject to. But somehow, some way, when he showed his humanity with fearing Saul and lusting after Bathsheba and wrath and killing so many people, <clears throat> He also showed us divine characteristics of forgiveness. When Saul died, he did not want the world to know. A man that tried to kill him, he wanted to protect his legacy. He showed the foresight to prepare a temple or a a house for God to be built. Though he knew he couldn't do it, he knew it had to be done. He showed people how to worship properly. But then he would also be used in the prophetic. Psalms 23 is just one that many theologians view as a prophetic psalm. Some would call it the already but not yet in that he was in the valley of a shadow of death. But he knew Jesus would be there one day too. The 8th Psalm, the 16th Psalm, the 22nd, the 34th, and a whole host of others. But Psalm 107 or the 107th Psalm is often overlooked. It holds my favorite portion of scripture. They that go down to the sea in ships, that do business in great waters, these see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. One of my best friends gave me a notebook. It's leather bound with that inscribed on the front. In that moment, I believe he was giving us a picture of what we would see in the New Testament when we see the gospel account of Jesus stepping onto a sea and calming a storm. And he would allow us to see in the prophetic the already but not yet because he knew in the earthly Jesus would do that but in the spiritual, the deep would call out to deep. And we would pursue it Pastor Leon, and as we pursue it, God knows that as we reach for deep, the devil will come. Job said that in the deep, a Leviathan is there. Because as we long for the deep, things will cause our spirit to be tossed to and fro. And that in the spiritual, we'll stagger like drunken men. He says that they'll call out to Jesus and he'll bring them to their desired haven. But Daniel, or David gave us another picture from Psalm 107. The segments of scripture broken down, you can see historical accounts of where God has brought the Israelites from and 
verses 1 through 7, their journey from Egypt into the promised land. And verses 8 through 14, you see Babylonian captivity and, and the Medeo Persian rule. Then in verses 15 through 19, you find that the Greek and the Roman rule would come upon Israel. Then 21 through 43, you'll find the reign of Jesus' kingdom. He solidifies it in Psalm 107, verse 16. For he hath broken the gates of brass and cut the bars of iron asunder. Two words the prophet Daniel would use to describe a kingdom that would come after Nebuchadnezzar. With a stomach of stomach and waist of brass, with legs of iron. He was speaking how God, though others would rise to the top, could bring all of the kingdoms crashing down. Because in verse 20, he says this. He sent his word. That's what came into this room today. The logos, the divine mind and intellect of God, the thing that spoke into existence everything that we know in the universe. Jesus would step onto the scene and not every miracle, although some, were done by his word. He would say, peace, be still. He would speak, take up your bed and walk. He would, he would tell Lazarus, his friend that he cried over, come forth. Although not every miracle was accompanied by the word. It was performed by the word. It was the word that was made manifest. John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. John 1 and 14, and the word was made flesh. Now, it's a majestical wonder, the Godhead, but 1 Timothy, and without controversy, everybody can agree. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest. But Paul, wanting to let us know in simplistic terms, Colossians 2 and 9, for in him, Jesus, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. When Jesus came, the word came. And when the word came, God came. They're getting ready to prepare to be baptized, and I know that. So whoever's got to get ready, if you want to go ahead and get ready. He would walk with angels. But when it came to us, Thank the Lord for y'all getting baptized this morning. Make them walk. I'm sorry I made you do that walk. Man, I'm happy about it. And we got another one going to get baptized this morning. In Jesus' name. Praise God. That, 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 that man spent a little time around Brother Big Joe. He had that swagger when he walked up here. Y'all could be seated. I'm almost done. 
He walked up. He's like, yep, I'm getting baptized. Sure am. Well, let me tell you the greatest miracle. He said, for we have not an high priest in Hebrews, which cannot be touched with, our, with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted as we, yet without sin. Three very important words. It is the spotless quality of Jesus that not only allows him, as First Peter and the book of Revelation says, to be the spotless lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world, but he's the only one that can fulfill the covenant with David that you'll have a seed that will reign for eternity. Because he says in Ephesians 5 and 26 that he might sanctify us and cleanse it, the body, the church, with the washing of water by the word, not rhema, the logos. Only he could do it. Even Jesus prayed in the book of John, sanctify them with truth. Thy word, Logos, is truth. Paul could see through the deepest depths of this scripture or this account in John. Because he said, by the which we are all sanctified. Through the offering of the blood of Jesus Christ once and for all. The epistle of 1 John Chapter 1 and verse 7, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth us from all sin. Because when he could have sent someone else, he did it himself. So he commendeth his love toward us, Paul said in Romans. In that while we were yet sinners, Brother Hanline, sweet, sweet Hanline. Speak things that are not as though they were, he said. He said it. He said it, Brother Newton. I didn't say it. He said it. Christ died for us. Because, but David knew something about this. The prophetic. Brother Nick, his office in that moment would be the prophet. Therefore, my heart is glad. And my glory rejoiceth, Psalm 16 and 9. You know what Peter said on the day of Pentecost? Where, when they were in one place, in one, one mind, in one accord, and the Holy Ghost was poured out, people began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. People began to ask if these people are drunk. Peter said, they're not drunk as ye suppose. And as he preached the first sermon that would build the church, he repeated the words of David. And he said, my heart is glad. But Sister Dawn, my tongue rejoiceth. Because David knew when you get the Holy Ghost, it starts on the inside. But then that abundant life begins to overflow. And out of the abundance of the heart, the tongue rejoices in a tongue that it doesn't even know. And it will begin to speak the good things of God in a heavenly language. And I'm going to finish with this. David knew that Matthew would call him Emmanuel, God with us. 
He knew that when Luke would write of the crucifixion that it would be God for us. But he also knew that in Acts 2, 1 through 4, the word that was sent for us could dwell in us. It's the comforter. He sent his word and healed them. Malachi, the same prophetic utterance. But unto you that fear my name shall the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings. You know what God's got for you today? More than just a healed body. You know why? You can go to heaven with a broken leg. But you can't go to heaven with a broken spirit. God wants to heal the thing that can keep you out of eternity. So you ask, how do we do that? Well, Miss Dawn can tell you today. I'm going to be talking about that a lot. Because we've been praying for her to get the Holy Ghost for a long time. Jephatha is next in Jesus' name. I pray it hits you on a plane in first class, Brother Jeff. I hope the Holy Ghost hits you so hard. You, you just, I mean, I'm saying they're putting the fasten seatbelt sign on. But Don can speak about it. Pip can speak about it. Say, Sean, Josh, Brother Eugene. A host of people can speak about the infilling of the Holy Ghost. How do we do it? Peter said it. Repent of your sins. Be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sins. And watch what he says. Not you might. Not it's possible. Not what some false prophets want to say. Not just for today. Because it's not just for today. It's for all. Even so many as the Lord our God shall call. It's for you. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. As we stand to our feet together, they're going to be baptized in just a few minutes. We have robes for you to wear. We have towels for you to dry off with. I hope and pray to God that the water's warm. If it's not and your lips start quivering, just go with it. It might turn into the Holy Ghost. Because the Bible says with a stammering lip, so it might stammer. Sorry. <laughs> Miss Simmons got baptized Wednesday night and she had, it was a Sunday night, she actually got to do a polar plunge at AT. We're very sorry about that, but we'll blame it on Brother Larry. Praise the Lord. Because he's an easy target. But I do want to say, I'm thankful that you're here today. But God did not ordain you to be in this service by accident. He knew the Holy Ghost would move. He knew people were going to be baptized. He knew there would be a divine intervention today. And God wants to intervene in your life. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to visit us at atwilmington.com. We will see you next time on The Converse.